0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Tic 10 for Torah, number 723. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabayismach at 10 Torah.org. Today's tent is sponsored by the Lewis family, in memory of Fred Lewis, Yitzhak Yitzchak, Tully David, Allav hashalom in our Torah that we study today, being Eli for his neshama. So as we close into the beautiful, festive, fun holiday of Purim. I wanted to talk about one particular element of Purim, and that is the connection that Purim has to children. The Aruch at the end of Simitafresh Sadeks of Zion talks about how there is a custom that the Tinokos would be L'tzur Tsuras Haman al Itzem They would make a picture of of Haman, the villainous Haman, the wicked Haman. Obviously, we don't know exactly how to render him, but, you know, you can make it up and that would be fun. On stones, and they would put this on on pieces of wood, and, or they would write the name Haman on these things, and then they would bang them together, or they would go and walk on them and trample on them, so that they would wear out. When I was growing up, there was this, I don't know, thing that kids would do, and they would write Haman on the bottom of their shoe, in order to wipe out Haman. And indeed, the Ramah says, this fulfills Machotimcheh, the commandment, as we just read in Parsha Zachar, to erase the name of Amalek. And the ramah continues, This is probably where the custom comes from, that we bang when we hear Haman's name, when we read the Megillah and the Ramah adds, don't get rid of the minhag, don't mock it, or particularly in this case, you know, don't go crazy that the kids are making noise during Haman. As the Ramah continues, Ki'lo hukvu, because this is not for nothing. And so, not only here when we have the reaction to Haman, but it's a very kidsy holiday. The costumes and the monos and the deliveries. Not all of this is uh, rooted in such old tradition, but definitely now we have this very tight association between Purim and. And children. So I wanted to try to explain why that might be. So there are a few beautiful midrashim that describe what went on in the time of Purim and the story itself. And for example, Medrashim Parsha Parashat Tess Simandalad, which talks about Mordechai teaching children. Lachash Asaha eight it says after Haman, went and built the gallows. He goes to Mordechai, I'll just paraphrase the midrash. and he finds that he's teaching a whole bunch of children. He counts them up, and according to this midrash, it's twenty-two thousand children. That's a lot of children. And they were crying out because the decree had already been made. Ubochim and they were they were screaming and crying. And he goes and he ties them up in Shal Shaloshil Barzal. He arrests all of these children, Haman. and he appoints guards to watch them so that they don't move. And he says, I will kill you all tomorrow. Very frightening moment, very frightening scene. He had planned, of course, to accelerate Mordechai's demise and uh, was going to that night go to the king Ahasuerus and get permission to kill Mordechai. But he said, I'm going to kill all of these children as well. The Meviyos, same the Major continues that the mothers wanted to bring food for these children because they had been fasting for all these days like everybody had, and the children refused. The children said, we're going to stay with Mordechai and we will not eat, we will die amidst our fast. And this was a very emotional, very emotional moment. And then finally the measure says, Go Kulam All of these children cried out, Ad shavasam Lemarom HaKadosh Baruch and so they cried out, and this incredible sound was heard by God, in with two hours into that night. And now that was the very famous night, which later Balayla Hahu Shna that Achashverosh wasn't able to sleep. And of course, that night was the turnaround of events. So according to this midrash, the cause for that turn of events was because this sound of the cries of these children who were committed to Mordechai and committed to davening and doing what they could for Klai Yisrael, goes up to Shemayim, and Amad Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe himself hears this and says before God, he says, these are not Gideim, they are not goats, they are not lambs, it's not the sound that you are hearing, rather they are the children, who have been fasting and because of this uh, reaction, because of what he was hearing, he tears up the decree which was had been established with cement, and he tears it up, and he causes this upheaval with Achashverosh that night, and then the story turns around. So this Mendrish would point to these children as being the ones whose tfilos, whose prayers, were the prayers that so to speak, changed God's mind and began the salvation of the Jewish people. Okay, there's another medrash which takes place before this, and if you want to know why Haman had such a problem with the kids, maybe it's because of this medrash. It's in Parshah Zayat, Simony, Gimel, and Esther Rabbah. The medrash talks about how Mordechai was, uh, he saw some students, he saw some children who were coming back from wherever they were learning. Haman and his entourage, followed Mordechai, when Mordechai was running towards the students. So they overheard what had happened with them. What happened. So Mordechai asked the students, what did you learn today? Tell me what you were taught. There's this idea that the teaching that a kid has is akin to some sort of prophecy. So he said, What were you taught today? So the first child of three answers, kisavo. Do not fear sudden terror, nor the destruction of the wicked when it comes to Pussigan Mishle. He asks the second student, he says, What did you learn today? And this kid says, Utsa, dabru Ki imanu keel. contrive a scheme, but it will be foiled, conspire a plot, but it will not materialize, for God is with us. And finally, he asks the third student, he says, what did you learn? And he says, I'll tell you what I learned. V'yad zikna ani hu, v'yad seva ani yasbol, ani osisi, va To your old age I am with you, to your hor- hoary years I will sustain you, I have made you and I will carry you, I will sustain you and deliver you. And so all of these psukim meant to Mordechai that this was uh, you know, this was reassurance to him. This was the chizik, this was the strengthening that he needed. And so he was Sachak, the major says. Sameach, he was thrilled to hear that these were the messages that the children were learning. And so they strengthened him. Haman saw that Mordechai was in such a good mood, and he says, What is this? Amr basruni He says, Mordechai says, I'm so happy based on what these kids taught me and what they inspired me to think, the positive messages that they related, that that I will not fear from what you have programmed for us. And immediately, Haman, hearing this and hearing how the children were mechazik Mordechai, how the children strengthened and gave him the motivation to move on, he goes, he says, I am going to send my hand, I am going to punish these children first. These two midrashim now coincide very nicely together, that it was specifically the fact that he had heard the chizuk that Mordechai was given from these children, which caused him to hate the children even more, and want the children to be punished first. Now it's interesting, these three psukim that I quoted, one's from Mishle, one's from Yeshaya, and the other one is uh, from later in Yeshaya, these psukim are at the end of Aleinu, All the way at the end of Elenu, we say these three psukum together. Now, it's not simple or clear why these three psukum go together, but if you understand this measure, there's something beautiful here. After you say Elenu, after you go out into the world, so you might be nervous about the plots and the things that you might hear that go on out there, the things, the plots that we might not even know what's going on. So when we leave our shul and we go out into the world, we say these three lines that strengthened Mordechai back then, every single day, and these are the last words, the parting words on our lips, as we leave our synagogues to go out into the world around us. So it's nice that these three psukim are the psukim that are said in that context. Now to close, we know that there's an opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that a katan, a minor, is allowed to read the Megillah. Very interesting opinion. The Chachamim, the first opinion in the Mishnah disagrees, but Huda holds that a katan is okay. And the question is why would a katan, a minor, be okay? So Tosos suggests the following. Tosos says, the same way women are equally involved in the mitzvot of Purim, so too are children. Why? Because we know when it comes to women, there's this principle of afhen Osahanes. They were also part of the miracle. So there's a debate what that means. And Tosos there just simply says, they were also threatened by the threat of Haman, by the existential crisis of survival, and so because they were threatened and they survived, so they too are obligated in the mitzvahs. But there's another explanation, perhaps it can be suggested, that really there's another reason as well. Um, When it comes to women, other than the fact that they were also saved, we know, women were also involved in the miracle, how so? Because Esther herself was the heroine which brought the miracle about. So along those lines, Rabbi Yehuda, who permits a minor to be able to read the Megillah, might hold that the reason that a minor is allowed to read is because Afhein Hayu, but, the children also were involved in bringing about the miracle, whether because of their crying that night before balailah Hahu the because of the Chizak, the strength that they brought to Mordechai, they played an integral role, so it's not surprising that this holiday is so tied to the children, and so when the children want to bang at haman please allow them, let them bang, and let them enjoy, because according to this opinion, perhaps the entire thing came about because of them. Have a great day.